Many more South Africans are feeling anxious and afraid tonight. Parts of the country are reeling from days and nights of public violence, destruction of property, and looting of the sort rarely seen before in the history of our democracy. President Cyril Ramaphosa's address to the nation on Monday night sought to calm the fears of citizens, to reassure them that law would be restored, that the army would be called in, and the anarchy put to an end. But even while he read his speech from an auto queue in his typically calm delivery, the looting continued, and in the days since then, it hasn't stopped. I'm Amy Gibbings, journalist for News24's multimedia department, standing in for Catherine Rice this week on The Story. We'll be looking at what the unrest in South Africa means for the future of the country, the political powers at play, and why authorities were not able to quell the violence, costing lives, hundreds of millions of rands worth of destruction, and thousands of job losses. You're listening to The Story. It's a podcast by News24. We'll speak to journalists and experts about the week's biggest story. This is what we saw, heard and uncovered this week. Disturbing scenes of unrest in KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng have been unfolding this week. And News24 reporters have been out in full force to capture the mayhem. News24 journalist Kavil Singh was one of our journalists on the ground in Durban. Kavil, it must have been a very stressful week. Tell us what you experienced in the field. Thanks so much, Amy. You know, it was, it's, it's been a very difficult few days. And um, what we've seen is something completely unprecedented in KwaZulu-Natal and in South Africa. The sort of unrest that has really swept across the province of KZN and Durban in particular has caused untold economic damage. There's been um, so much of of violence. There have literally been bodies just lying on the street, um, cars burning and obviously mass scale looting. It's it's just been very difficult. It's been, um, yeah, absolute carnage. It almost looks like a post-apocalyptic scene. And I know you were able to view the destruction on a helicopter ride. Can you describe that for us? Yeah, you know, one would hope for beautiful scenes when hopping on a helicopter. But unfortunately, um, when I did so on Monday, all I saw was complete carnage. This was sort of around the peak of the unrest. The best way I can describe it is how you put it. You know, it was sort of a post-apocalyptic Hollywood movie trailer sort of scene. When we got into the air, we almost immediately began seeing discord and unrest. Uh, With an aerial view, everything becomes much clearer. The first point we hovered over was the Cornubia Mall. It was absolutely devastating to see the condition of such a well-developed and well-resourced place um, left in complete tatters. Um, there were luxury cars lined up for at least two to five kilometers. I mean, that's right. You heard me correctly. Many of the looters were people that were very well to do, rocking up uh, in many cases in luxury vehicles and middle of the line sedans. 
but generally across the city, smoke bellowed from almost every direction. I saw at least four or five burning vehicles over a very short space of time, and many looters were also very unhappy to see us. My pilot had also informed me that on several occasions he had been shot at during his, um, during his sweeping flights. It was absolute lawlessness and carnage. It must have been so frightening to, to be on the ground. What was the attitude towards journalists from people who were looting? I don't think I've ever experienced the kind of fear that I, I went through as a journalist before. It was extremely negative, um, the attitude from looters. Uh, they were very threatening. They were extremely abusive. My experience was quite scary. Um, and really, one of the main incidents occurred on Tuesday, also around the sort of peak of the unrest this week, um, on the Amgeni Road area, where the Macro and Value Center shopping mall was being looted. I was threatened. Um, a group of six men armed with blades, pangas, knives, hurled many racial expletives at me and threatened to cut open my face. Um, suffice to say, I had to head out of the area quite quickly. And even then, one of the men questioned why I was being let go. He questioned why his fellow um, looters were letting me go. It has been excessively difficult to report because of these threats and our lives have been at risk on more than one occasion. I'm so sorry, Kavil. It's scary to hear how quickly things can escalate in this environment. Did you feel the police had any control whatsoever of the situation? Well, that's a difficult question to answer. Um, I mean, I think straight up it would be no. Um, but it's difficult because national police, SAPs in particular, were very seldomly on the ground. Uh, Metro police, private security and community groups carry the bulk of the burden of the unrest. I covered the length and breadth of the city and I'm yet to see proper public order policing members. This has been one of the key factors in the unrest. Even private security groups have bemoaned the lack of support from national police. The police minister will have a lot to answer for. Did you get a sense that there were simply criminally minded opportunists? Or was there a feeling of political basis for the unrest, in your opinion? I mean, this was very well coordinated. Um, I think everyone's uh, agreed. It's, it's common cause that people were... Uh, certain areas were blocked off, uh, authorities were prevented from entering certain parts of the city. But this was definitely very well coordinated. I would say it would be a combination of criminally minded opportunists and sort of politically motivated reasons. Um, you most certainly do have political manipulators, but we also have organized crime syndicates that really saw... Um, an opportunity to take advantage of all the chaos. And they really pushed forward and did what they always do. It was sort of a bonus day for them and with almost no police in sight. And in the length of breadth of Durban that I've covered, there were barely any SAPS 
uh, with Metro Police stretched thin, criminals were just absolutely running wild. Kavil, thank you for your time and your work on the ground. At the beginning of this unrest, there may have been some people who sought to agitate for violence and disorder along ethnic lines. We know that the majority of our people have, out of principle, refused to be mobilized along these ethnic lines. However, what we are witnessing now are opportunistic acts of criminality with groups of people instigating chaos merely as a cover for looting and theft. There is no grievance nor any political cause that can justify the violence and the destruction that we have seen in parts of KwaZulu-Natal and Gauteng. In his speech on Monday, Ramaphosa pointed to the violence being driven by people fueling the unrest along ethnic lines. We're now joined by political editor Quinita Hunter to break down the politics behind the chaos. Quinita, this was seemingly triggered by the arrest of former President Jacob Zuma. Take us back to the legal developments in his case and, of course, his arrest last Wednesday night. Well, you would know that uh, then-acting Chief Justice Sisi Kampepe had earlier this month ruled that former President Jacob Zuma was guilty of contempt of court by failing to listen to a previous constitutional court order that instructed him to appear and cooperate with the Zondo Commission of Inquiry investigating state capture. Then he was also sentenced to 15 months behind bars. He had until the Sunday, uh, so he had five days to hand himself over. And if he had not, then police had three days to do everything in their power to ensure that he would be in a correctional facility. Jacob Zuma defied the court order, insisted that he would not go to jail. His supporters tried to undermine the court judgment and the state as a result. And then there were a lot of threats of violence we saw at Nkandla. There were even reports of guns and, and fears that there could be violent altercation when he eventually goes uh, to prison. But on Wednesday, there was a very different picture. News 24 reported how one major general, Ron Plantler Zulu, was behind the, the peaceful arrest of the former president. She went to Nkandla all by herself with no firearm, with no uniform, and she directly negotiated with him for hours until we saw on that Wednesday evening uh, last week, uh, Jacob Zuma being driven to the Escort Correctional Center. He's been serving his sentence. He's currently in the hospital wing of that. But a few days later, there were incidences of violence in KwaZulu-Natal. But by the weekend, it spread into complete unrest, both in across KwaZulu-Natal and in Gauteng. What you see now is no longer a protest against the incarceration of Jacob Zuma. What government says that it is well-orchestrated economic sabotage. Uh, some people are going out to call it, uh, uh, you know, the early signs of planned insurrection. And now there's information as to 
who is behind it. That's what uh, where uh, things are. As thousands of people have been arrested, what you see now is uh, people die in stampedes, in lootings across malls in both provinces. You also see people dying as a result of vigilantism by communities standing up to protect their properties and to protect their businesses. Um, we saw absolute pandemonium in a township, Indian township called Phoenix, with a concession by the uh, Premier, Sishle Zekilala, that this unrest is actually uh, stoking racial tension uh, in the country. And then also concerns around food security. You'd see long queues all over KwaZulu-Natal as shops were completely looted and there are no basic supplies for people in that part of the country. The scenes of anarchy will potentially spill over into other provinces. What is your opinion? Is this a possibility? I think that that's a real concern and it's probably the reason why preemptively they've sent soldiers to places like Eastern Cape. But there has been, you know, some sort of uh, preemptive measures in other provinces. For example, the Eastern Cape, um, where government has, you know, come come uh, together with the taxi association and trying to say, "Don't you dare!" Um, obviously, it depends on on what happens. How you know how organized. Um, this is in other provinces. Definitely government is worried that it can continue in other provinces. They're taking steps. Um, but what, what's really, really worrying is that while, uh, you know, the sort of mop-up operations are starting in places like Alexandra and the Johannesburg CBD, uh, uh, Durban is, and, and surrounding areas is still very much on fire. They haven't yet, let alone stop the looting, you know, stop the unrest. You saw malls being burned down fuel stations being burned down after it was looted. And you're not seeing a a real headway uh, in this regard. That's why it's very important to note that despite government saying that the focus needs to be on on finding the instigators whom they seem to have identified, News24 has also reported that a former state security agent uh, um, loyal to former President Jacob Zuma Tulani Romo is named as one of the 12 main instigators of the unrest on Thursday we're reporting uh, that former MK operatives are identified as those at the centre of the unrest in KwaZulu-Natal. So it's a very, very, very dangerous situation. And I think government, uh, as the Minister of Defence conceded to Parliament on Wednesday night, was found with their pants down. Quinita, things really aren't looking good and South Africans don't have much faith in the government to restore calm. In your opinion, are ongoing shortages of food and medicine now a possible scenario going forward? I think government has warned that themselves. They know what the disruption to supply lines, the disruption to uh, logistics, the disruption in terms of food warehouses and medicine warehouses will have not only for KwaZulu-Natal, but for the entire country. But at the same time, there is a call for um, not to panic buy. And so that's the, 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 the sort of duality that exists now to say, do not panic buy. But at the same time, yes, there is concern. There's concern about the shortages of fuel and the shortages of bread, uh, among other things. I think that uh, uh, government did not foresee 
the, the consequences that that we have definitely it was an intelligence failure uh, and i think it's going to take a long time f- uh, for for the country to recover uh, uh, but for now you see the heartbreaking queues of parents waiting to find formula and nappies for their children and people who once owned businesses and once uh, you know were 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 employers themselves standing in queues waiting to get their hands on on a loaf of bread and finally ramaphosa himself is it not time for him to take questions from journalists directly many people are getting fed up with the lack of detail he gives in his addresses and people deserve more transparency don't you think absolutely and and that has been something that i have been calling for especially this week on monday when the president addressed the nation he, he was scant in detail did not uh, answer the real issues that people had and subsequently said that you know the security cluster would have those answers when they addressed the media but they was not they weren't those answers um it's only with public pressure that you saw uh government ministers on wednesday and on thursday now go out to uh, public communities and then engage with the media and and further you know give a, a sort of some insight as to what actually is being done the appointment of special prosecutors to prosecute the looters um uh, and deny bail uh, as part of you know economics uh, uh you know calling it what it is economic sabotage you then have uh, uh you know police minister the the police uh, uh um sort of getting more resources and and you know rubber bullets etc being flown to Queensland to assist police there and so so you, you see now some effort but a lot of people are saying that it's a little too late and the president uh was perhaps too far removed from the unrest yes thank you so much for your time Quanita that was news 24 political editor Quanita Hunter I'm Amy Gibbings and this week's episode was produced with the help of Catherine Rice.